In the 90s, we didn't have the superhero fatigue. You know, nowadays everything's about superheroes, whether it's DC or Marvel. You know, back then, we had, what, Lois and Clark. We had some Batman movies, Spider-Man, the animated series, the almighty X-Men cartoon. But in 1997, we got one of the most, I'm not going to say underrated, nor am I going to say overrated. I'm going to say the non-rated, non-overnight sensation that is Nightman. A freak accident. Or one man's destiny. Johnny Domino is blessed. I felt what he was thinking. Some say cursed. I hear voices. With extraordinary powers and the will to use them. Evil's worst nightmare is about to begin. The world premiere of Nightman. Tonight at 8 on the WB 11. Nightman debuted on September 15th, 1997 in a two-part TV event. Now, I think they tried to make this larger than life, and it really wasn't. And judging by the theme that you hear in this, I'm going to let this ride for just two seconds. After listening to that, and if you didn't know what I was going to talk about today, you'd probably think I'm going to discuss a Cinemax movie, or like we all used to call it the Skinemax. But that's not it. A lot of overnight TV shows had that kind of music playing, whether it be Silk Stockings or uh, what was the other? Acapulco Heat. You guys remember that. We're old enough to all remember that damn show. Or if you had a non-paid-for cable like I did. I'm not going to sit here and give you the I word, but it was non-paid for cable, not by my family, but it was paid for by the neighbors. Thank you to the non-existent Paragon Cable Company that used to be around here in San Antonio, but we used to have Showtime because of them. And they used to play, uh, what was it, Red Shoe Diaries. Jesus Christ, if that show didn't make me grow facial hair. But anyways, when you heard things like that, you already knew it was going to be a nighttime show. It was going to be more adult than it was going to be family. So when I first saw this show, I immediately thought, oh, crap, there's going to be a whole bunch of nudity on here. It was 1997. I was 13. So as my adolescent mind was thinking, man, I'm going to see some stuff in this. But boy, was I wrong. Uh... I don't know if it was maybe the bad CGI or the horrible acting, but I was hooked. And watching it as, a, as an adult, I'm still hooked. It's it's horrible enough for me to just love it. And I know a lot of people are out there going to say, well, this really isn't a Marvel show, even though it does claim to be a Marvel character. This is actually the creation of Glenn Larson and Malibu Comics. But Malibu Comics was bought out by Marvel so, this is technically a Marvel show by default. I'm the next Nightman. Good and evil, evenly matched. I know what you're going to do before you do it. It won't help you. Nightman. Sunday night at 10.30 on WGN. In this two-part debut of Nightman, we learn about his origin, his, his, uh, his alter ego, his uh, real identity as Johnny Domino, an overnight jazz player who plays at clubs, and for some reason he is 
well off enough to buy a Plymouth Prowler when those things were cool. And I'm not going to lie, I would actually still drive one if I had money. But I don't. So, anyways, he, he's still able to afford one of those. He's able to buy a nice, humongous studio apartment. And he's pretty comfortable. Up until the day that he's playing saxophone on a trolley. Now, this thing is full of people. Nobody asked him to play, but he's playing with such conviction that they're all just standing there, not listening to him. Some storm clouds show up. You don't see any lightning strike. He just starts glowing, and uh, apparently he's got he's been struck by lightning. And after this, he now has these superpowers that trump Superman that are better than Spider-Man or Doctor Strange or any of those other guys. He now has the powers to read evil thoughts. And he also has the power to never sleep. This isn't a BS type of thing and I'm not being as uh, as sarcastic as I was about this other superhero that I compared him to, but he can't sleep and he can hear bad thoughts. I'm going to let that digest a bit. While all this is going on, the government had created a super suit, and there's only one prototype of it. It kind of makes you wonder who's going to be wearing that later on, right? This super suit is being marketed on the black market. Everybody's trying to buy it. So they got this group of, of, I guess, foreigners who are trying to sell this stuff under the table. But Secretary of Defense, who is played by James Karen, who, if you remember watching Return of the Living Dead, he was the, uh, the manager, the guy who cremated himself and kissed his ring, put it on top of the cremator of whatever that machine is called. But anyways... I was hoping for him to be the villain. It'd be something of a departure than what I'm used to seeing him as, but he dies a little early. And during his assassination, Johnny Domino had witnessed the entire thing because he heard the murderer's evil thoughts. Wow. Uh, Johnny had teamed up with a psychiatrist who claimed to have been looking for a superpower like his for the past 40 years. I will mention a name, and the name is Katrina. Now, she is the woman facilitating the sale of this super suit prototype. She is the one that puts the hit out on Johnny. Now, Johnny does meet up with the scientist who created this suit and said, Hey man, with powers like yours, this suit's going to be, it's just for you. So they go to this abandoned warehouse. Now, we all loved abandoned warehouses back in any day of the 90s or the 80s or the 70s. Anytime you know that there was an abandoned warehouse... Some stuff was about to go down. It always happens there. I don't know why. This scientist gives him the suit and tells him, hey, man, this is going to have uh, some superpowers on it that nobody's ever seen before. I don't think anybody's ready for this. And they're, everybody's after it. So he gives him a belt. Kind of looks like Batman's utility belt mixed with a uh, blank man's belt. Uh, a little weird, though, but this is supposed to give him... The ability to fly. It's supposed to be anti-gravity belt. 
So now he can just go up and down for some reason. Anytime that they showed some test footage of it, all he can do is go up and down. But the rest of the show, he's flying in different angles. Who cares? He's bulletproof. He can project holograms. And, and he's got a cape that will make him invisible. Why would the government be creating soldier outfits with a cape? Oh, well, only God knows, right? Anyways, he also has a mask that's got a red laser, which gives him thermal vision and night vision. Not really super... Everything's pretty generic. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Everything's pretty generic. And the thing that bothers me about his belt, it is forever running out of battery. It's got the same battery life as my Samsung watch. Like you charge it and like it's done within like a couple of hours. It reminds me of those old Tyco RC cars where you charge them up for like six hours. And if you throttle it too much, you're done with it within 30 minutes. Because his battery on this suit does die quite a bit. Now, the first thing you're going to notice within the first 30 seconds of part one is the fact that none of the background is legit. Now, sure, you get 25% of the show, the background is legit. Like, it's, it's a real background, but the rest of it is all green screen. And it's not even trying to blend it, but it does its best job. Now, if I were to watch this on some sort of Blu-ray quality or anything higher than VHS or the really bad DVD quality that I have it in, it's passable. You can still tell that it's a green screen, but it's not as noticeable. Jesus, like everything, like the, the people don't even, how do I put this? You ever seen those TV shows where they're driving in a car and the background is just way too big and it just keeps moving around. You already know, like, wow, this guy's been talking for 30 minutes and has not seen one stoplight, but he's in the middle of downtown. It's one of those. You never saw him break or nothing. They never even stopped. They just kept on going. What a great day that dude must be having to catch every green light. And also... When Nightman first flew, him and the scientists, they decided that they were going to get out of this warehouse that the FBI and the government were looking for them in. And it looked like they were on like some sort of forklift. Something just raised them up. It wasn't strings, but something raised them up. They were on a green screen and something raised them up. And the sad part is, is he told he tells the scientists, hey, man, hold on tight. And when they were flying they looked like they were about to take a prom picture. That's how bad the CGI was. The explosions looked like they were just stock footage that you can buy on any any type of computer program. They didn't even... There was no effort put into this. I think a lot of the effort was put into the music and the outfit. Uh, even at one point, they had a laser gun. And this gun was supposed to disintegrate you. Not your clothes. Your clothes stay intact. Nothing, not, not a not a rip on them. But this laser gun, you get shot with it. You light up real quick and you disappear, kind of like Maurice on Little Monsters when the light hit him. If you ever seen Little Monsters, every time the light they turned on the, the lights anywhere, these monsters would just disappear into a pile of clothes. That's exactly what this laser did. And it looked horrible. All of it did. 
driving scenes, talking scenes, these scenes on a bridge. It's like y'all could not have gone anywhere and filmed on a bridge. It's weird how this show lasted two seasons, a little over 40 episodes. That's 20 something more episodes more than the Flash series that had John Wesley's ship. And that was a cool series. The original Flash, man, you couldn't stop me from watching that either. But I feel like if there was going to be any show to compare this to, it would probably be Team Knight Rider. Now, if you all remember the original Knight Rider show, which is just one of the greatest things ever with uh, Michael Knight, David Hasselhoff, and, and William Daniels, who played Kit. Just that whole show was great. And then they decided, well, let's buy a whole bunch of Ford vehicles and try to promote the F-150 and the Mustang and bring out Team Knight Rider. I think these two shows could have crossed over. And it would have been cool. It would have made both of them a little bit more enjoyable. But we did get a crossover that nobody saw coming. In season two, we saw Nightman team up with 1983's Manimal. No one even asked for it. And uh, his show only lasted really eight episodes. And it was about a man named Jonathan Chase who can transform into any animal, hence the name. It's a little bit before Animorphs that that book came out. Way before. But anyways, they're trying to catch Jack the Ripper who is now in possession of a crystal who can take him through time. Now going back to the CGI that I was talking about a little bit earlier... When he would transform into these animals in the Nightman show, they were the screen would flash a couple times and he would be a panther or some sort of bird. But in 1983, it was all practical effects and it looked way better. And I wish they would have done this at least with the scenery. Uh, you didn't need a green screen background to show the nighttime. I don't know what type of budget they were doing. But as I said a little while ago, I think that they spent it all and they spent more of their energy on Nightman's outfit itself. It's Nightman versus Nightman. Time to stop playing around. I agree. Or is it? <laughs> Saturday at 4 on WB17. To circle back around the Night Rider real quick, David Hasselhoff does make an appearance and it is a blink or you'll miss it style thing. As the time went on in this episode and things kind of dragged just a bit, we saw Nightman in his full outfit. And when they finally showed him, you know, uh, on top of the building, like he's some sort like he's Batman. They did have a Batman style intro for his outfit. And I'm talking about the Val Kilmer and George Clooney style intro where they're showing his legs, then his butt and then his chest and then his arm, you know, then his face, that style thing. Good thing he didn't have nipples on his outfit, just like Batman did, but it's the same style intro nonetheless. And the last 25 minutes, 30 minutes of part two, we finally got to see Nightman showcase himself after that Batman style introduction that he got. He got to show off all his superpowers, he got to fly, he was bulletproof, he used his eye, uh, that one red eye. He used his, uh, his invisibility cape. Everything but the hologram. And when he finally did use the hologram, what do you think he used it on? And what you're thinking is not the right answer. He used it to project himself playing the saxophone at the club. 
to throw off everybody while he can fight crime so that they can say, wow, Johnny's not Nightman, even though how much we think he is, he's not him. The government was at the club. He decided to throw off uh, his trail by projecting himself on the stage, playing the saxophone. He basically played for three hours, no break. He didn't even take a breath, didn't say thank you, nothing. His whole time after rewatching it, I'm thinking, are they even going to question it? And sure enough, the club owner did. She was like, hey, uh, you played the same song twice? And he's like, oh, it's an encore. Jesus. You know, the, the corny things that we got away with in the 90s would have been completely crucified if they were done today. Honestly, they would have. Now, normally I would laugh at something like this and I would be like, man, I cannot believe I watched this. But you know what? It's still fun to watch. It's still something that maybe I do have nostalgia goggles on for. Now, if you all remember a little earlier, I spoke about a woman named Katrina and she was the one who put out the hit on Johnny. Well, at the end, when Johnny saves the day, he somehow goes back to the club, turns off the hologram gets a bottle of wine, and is informed that his old flame is waiting for him in his room. So guess what he's going to do? He grabs the wine, runs off from his friends, and proceeds to go to this room. He goes to the, he opens the door, tells whoever it is because he can't see them because they're behind a wall. He's like, hey, I'm almost done here. Let me uh, open up this bottle of wine. And I guess his powers somehow failed him because Katrina was on the other side of that wall with a gun. Yeah, I guess he didn't hear her evil thoughts after all. Well, a spider comes out of a lockbox and she's now dead. He goes on the other side and finds out, holy shit, this, this woman's dead. She's gone. Well, his old flame, his ex-girlfriend, the ex-love of his life walks through the door and she's like, whoa, I didn't know you had company. The same old trope we always get dealt with on, the, on these type of shows. And he's like, no, she's dead. And what is it, what do they think about doing? Oh, well, you know what? Let's go sing a duet down at the club. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. You would have think that, oh, man, you know, what are we going to do with this body? Are we going to call the cops? Nothing. They just looked at each other. Some sexy music went on. It was a little lighthearted sexy music. It wasn't the whole we're going to get down and dirty style stuff. They were just kind of like, hey, you know, I still love you. And then, two seconds later, there's, you know, he, he's playing saxophone and she's out there singing. What a way to end the show. Now I urge all of you to go back and watch this. Please. Nightman is something that I feel like could be revived today in a little bit better of a way. Honestly, I, I can see something like... And I know this name is going to probably be called overrated, but I think James Gunn, if he had a hold of Nightman, I think he can do some things with him. Because as a music-centered superhero, and judging by how James Gunn does his uh, series or his movies, it, it would fit hand-in-hand. Hand. It would be a, a made marriage. It'd be something that, you know, wouldn't be too bad. Especially knowing that Nightman tried to make itself really serious when it really wasn't. It, I, I could see... A reboot of this being in the same vein as the Peacemaker. The next Nightman. 
A sexy secret agent gets an offer she can't refuse. They wish for me to kill again. I'd maybe kill me. Her impossible mission will challenge the powers of Nightman. Coming up next. Normally I would provide links for you all so that, you know, you guys can go back and watch this stuff. I can't this time. Because if you look for Nightman on YouTube, all of his episodes are broken up into pieces. The first episode isn't even on YouTube. But if you want to take that extra step and you want to find him on Amazon Prime or the home streaming app Voodoo, by all means, go for it. As usual, my contact information is going to be in the description of this show. And I'll see you guys next time.